Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Lots going on. Keith, happy Thursday to you. Happy Thursday. Okay, let's talk about the big story in Vancouver broke last night, and that is the uh, mayor, Kennedy Stewart, casting the deciding vote here at a divided council taking over this head, parking permit. Taking his head out of a political noose, I think, because <laughs> this was uh, a decidedly unpopular uh, venture. It, I, you know, I liken this to th- issues like uh, mobility pricing. Uh, it, it, it's theoretically leads to a good th- or a desired outcome, reduced traffic, reduced emissions, this type of thing. But the fact is, you the if you're ahead of the electorate on this, as they are, it's not going to work. So until people get their heads around this and really support it, initiatives like this or suggestions like this are, are politically dead. And and Stewart, to his credit, I think figured this out. Okay, forty five dollars a year to park on a residential side street. That was part of the plan. Also, a thousand dollars a year if you buy a new gas powered truck or SUV. And there was a lot of opposition to it. You know, significant support on council too. It was pretty much split right down the middle. And uh, Kennedy Stewart last night was a tiebreaker on this, voting against it. Now here he is speaking this morning to our own Simi Sarah on why he voted against this parking plan. Have a listen. This isn't the right policy for what we're trying to tackle, and so I think it's my responsibility to, uh, you know, vote the way that I think is important. And it may have surprised some people, but. uh, that's what I did. I, th- I thought it was unfair to folks who were, you know, lower income, living in basement suites, maybe working jobs that are, you know, manual labor where they need a truck. And I think we can come up with, with different policies, and I've challenged staff to do that. Well, I think it wasn't only people who work in manual labor with the truck, but it was also his political career on the line with an election next year. Oh, his opponents were sensing this as the election oh, yeah. issue they could dine out on. Uh, and Kennedy Stewart, to his credit, figured this out. He sounded sort of disappointed there talking to Simi. <laughs> uh, this did not go out, uh, work out according to plan. But uh, again, it was one of these policies that's dreamt up by sort of detached from the political reality out there. And sure, let's 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 have incentives and disincentives to reduce air emissions or greenhouse gas emissions, uh, reduce vehicles on the road, get get smaller vehicles and electrical vehicles. But you bring the hammer down, and, and for some people, forty five dollars a year doesn't sound like a hammer, but for many people, it is. Yeah, and d- speaking of being detached from political reality, like later on the show today, we're going to continue fo- our focus on Vancouver street crime, which is spiking in several key neighborhoods. I'm going to be speaking to the VPD on this, and we got another guest on it as well. And that's a top of mind issue for a lot of people mm-hmm. right now. Like if you live in a condo in some of these uh, these neighborhoods where there's been a lot of vandalism, break-ins, assaults, broken windows. Big issue. I mean, this stuff is going on. And then they look at you know they look at the city council saying like, "This is your priority right yeah. now to whack me for mm-hmm. driving my car." Like, come on. Yeah, no, it was a no-brainer. I really didn't think it was going to go ahead. But, um, again, Kennedy Stewart, I think, saw which way the wind was blowing here. It was just blowing decidedly against this idea. Oh, yeah. 
And I think he realized his political future was at stake. I think it was political survival vote for sure. If he had voted for it, mm-hmm. you know, I think he it would have been a big problem for. Him. Here he is also speaking about now speaking of climate change and what they're going to do about it. Here he is saying to Simi again this morning that they need money. They need more money from other levels of government. Have a listen. We invest in uh, climate change infrastructure. Uh, I think just off the top of my head, I think we need an additional fifteen million dollars which is a lot of money for a city because mostly we, we get that, you know, we'd have to raise property taxes to, to make that investment. However, uh, we do have partners that are also committed to fighting climate change, uh, the federal and provincial government. Give me more money. He's always asking for more money. This yeah, year. and I tell you, he I can tell you over here in the, in the legislature, uh, he's not impressed the NDP government, even though he's a former NDP MP. Right from the get-go, from March 2020, when he had those weekly or near-daily news conferences demanding that the province bail them out, did not impress the NDP government uh, here. Top officials and cabinet ministers looked decidedly uh, unfavorably towards his pleas, constant pleas for money. No other cities constantly asking for money from, from other levels of government. Yeah, you sort of see this one coming on this vote at council yesterday because this debate effectively went on for like two days they had so many speakers who wanted to have their say on it, and so many people were angry. They're mad as hell mm-hmm. over this thing. And you could sort of start to read the political lines on this thing, that this was going to be an evenly split council, and it was going to be Kennedy Stewart making the deciding vote on it, and he'd vote to save his career. So uh, get set to call me on the open line on that one if you want to have I want to have your say on it. Keith, let's talk about uh, mandatory vaccination in school. Mm-hmm. So... The government now has set up a committee to talk about this, and they're also talking about a district-by-district approach on this. Well, there's, there's no provincial uh, health order in place. Now, there could be one. You know, that's still one. Hey, Henry's, uh, you know, she can play that card if she wants. But right now, there's no uh, uh, province-wide health order. So it becomes an, an issue between the employer and the employees, and that means district. the district is the employer of the teachers and of QP uh, in the schools. And so it would be a district-by-district district model. Now, it was brought up in the legislature yesterday. Liberal uh, education critic uh, Jackie Taggart brought up saying this would just create a patchwork system where you could cons- – you just look at the towns that have low vaccination rates. I can't see this, the school board in Dawson Creek bringing in a mandatory vaccine uh, mandate because uh, they've got low vaccination numbers there. And there's a determined anti-vax lobby in the Peace River area. Uh, so is that an area that would not have um, mandatory vaccines? E- Eastern Fraser Valley has low vaccination and some fairly right-wing uh, uh, school boards. Did they not bring in hmm. uh, vaccination mandates? So you could have a situation, potentially, who knows, they're still working this out, where all the teachers in Vancouver, Surrey, Burnaby, New Westminster, Tri-Cities all have to be vaccinated because the school boards have decided that's the way it is, but teachers perhaps in Chilliwack or not. Yeah, or you could have a situation where, you know, you could have one school district where you've got mandatory vaccination for teachers and workers, and then you go two clicks down the road to yep. a neighboring school district, and they don't. And now, having said that, I would ex- expect the vaccination rate amongst teachers, I expect, is pretty high because yeah. it's high in, right across society, with the exception of the north and pockets of the interior. The Kootenays, some parts of the Kootenays have low vaccination rates, and perhaps that extends into the education sector as well. So, so it's an it's a, it's a interesting dilemma to figure, yeah. for them to figure this out. Okay, so this one came up yesterday in the legislature, and let me play a question period exchange here for you and get your thoughts. So this is liberal critic Jackie Taggart uh, going up against education minister Jennifer Whiteside 
on this district-by-district vaccine mandate. Have a listen. When it comes to vaccination of teachers and staff, the Premier's choosing to sidestep the issue and put it on to individual school boards, creating a potential patchwork of programs across the province. We do not have a public health order uh, that would allow a provincial approach. We, we have a, a situation where, as the member well knows, having, been a, having served as a school trustee, that, uh, that school boards are the employers of school staff. And so I convened a, a meeting of, uh, of all of our education partners yesterday to support the development of guidelines that, that will inform the decisions that boards will make when they are considering mandatory vaccination policies for their, for their staff. Okay, that's uh, Education Minister Jennifer Whiteside there. And you heard Keith when she said that, oh, we don't have a provincial health order on this. So, you know, it's up to the school districts. You heard the Liberals heckling her on that. Yeah, so if you look at all the health orders over time, they're all tied to transmission, evidence of transmission. So there's evidence of transmission in restaurants. You need a vaccination uh, passport or card to get in there. Uh, There's a critical report coming out around October 15th. It's going to be the first report that lays out where are all these cases involving young kids coming from? This is the, the 5 to 11 age group. We've seen a real spike of cases. They're the unvaccinated kids. In, so if there's evidence that uh, there's a whole bunch of virus originating in the schools, well, that's a, that's a, a, a concern. That's a workplace that suddenly has a, the virus circulating. We've seen uh, health orders affecting uh, work camps before, and this yeah. could very well lead to a, 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 a provincial a public health order, but okay. we're not there yet. Okay, let me uh, quickly play you a clip of uh, Karen Ranaletta, who is the president of QPBC. Now, this is the union that represents the school support workers, okay, the education assistants, mm-hmm. secretaries, bus drivers, and they're saying, look, forget this regional approach, district by district. We want a province-wide vaccine mandate. They actually want mandatory vax. Here's what she told me a short time ago. Our concerns are that there needs to be consistency, and I actually think what the minister has done by calling the partners together, like we have throughout this whole pandemic, um, to come together to at least try to develop some sort of uniform set of guidelines is the best way forward because we don't have um, we don't have a. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Provincial health order. All right, phone lines are open. Keith Baldry is my guest. It's Baldry's Beat. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 in your cell. John in Surrey. Hi, John. Hi, good morning, Mike and Mr. Baldry. Yeah, all I've got to say about what's going on is I congratulate the mayor for finally using his blessed head Mm. about voting this thing down. I mean, it would have hurt me immensely, even though I make good money. 
and you guys have called it right. I 100% agree with you. It how was would a it, political move. How, yeah, would it, how would it have hurt you? Well, first off, I were, you know, working in the working in the movie industry, we're all over the place. So, mm. you know, and it, it just, and I've got to, you know, I want to buy another car in the next few years, hopefully. Yeah. And, you know, I can't, what I can't understand is what legality do they have to turn around and charge people for bu- buying a, uh, a, a VA or a gas burner? Um, well, I guess they, you know, if they, if, like, thank you the for the streets. call. They've got jurisdiction over the streets. Yeah. You, know, you don't own your street in front of your house, so they can theoretically. I mean, there are already parking restrictions in many neighborhoods. Only but, residents but he, can park But he's here. also talking about they wanted to bring in a $1,000 a year pollution charge if mm-hmm. you buy a new gas-powered vehicle. And he says, do they have the authority to do that? And, you know, I, I probably... I suppose someone could challenge it. it in court, but yeah, uh, it's but, a moot point now Now that it's been voted down. Yeah, but the thing is, I think the thing that people were worried about was this thing expanding, too, yep. you know? Like, they start 45 bucks a year. It doesn't ever get smaller. It goes up. It never goes away. It just <laughs> it keeps going up. It never goes down. It keeps going up. And the other thing they probably would have done is they were starting out with new vehicles for that pollution surcharge. They would expand that to mm-hmm. older vehicles as well. Oh, for you, sure. You, you know they would have. Anthony in New West, Hi. Hello. Um, so basically looking at Vancouver and comparing that to big cities like New York, Montreal, sorry, uh, sorry um, what am I saying, uh, Rome and Paris, what they do have there is a form of mobility pricing by charging to enter Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time in New York, and basically if you want to cross the George Washington Bridge, the Holland Tunnel, um, the Whitestone Bridge, okay, it it's, it's expensive. Yep. And I'll give you a good example there. I mean, every single access to Manhattan is tolled. And if you cross from JFK to Boston on the Whitestone Bridge, it's $20 each way to cross that bridge. So that changes where people live and how they work. I think if you're really serious about getting CO2 consumption or production down, we have to look at Metro Vancouver. There has to be a regional approach to this. So I suggest tolling every bridge in Vancouver, even a dollar. If you want to cross the Granville Street Bridge or the Bard Street Bridge, even in central Vancouver, there has to be a $1 disincentive well, to cross that bridge. Theoretically, all good ideas to lead to desired outcomes. Uh, reality, who's going to go first in terms of a politician to push this, to say, who's going to run on a platform to say, I want to put a toll on every bridge? Go back to the 2017 election in BC where NDP took the tolls off the Portman Bridge and suddenly a bunch of suburban ridings went their way that weren't in the crosshairs before. So, yeah, Rome, London, they have uh, inner city rules in terms of you've got to pay to get in there. Uh, the northeast part of, of the United States historically has had tolls on highways and bridges for decades. So that culture has been there for years. This is not a culture that's that's familiar with that Vancouver writes or anybody in Metro Vancouver is really familiar with. But those cities also have highly developed rapid transit systems all around the region. I mean, if you go to New York or London and look at their subway systems, you don't need systems, a car. I mean, you can go anywhere you want on high speed, you know, yep. a subway, and they don't have that in Vancouver. So this is why it's such a it's a difficult thing politically to sell to people is saying we we want you to stop taking your car and we're going to whack you in the wallet to yeah. make you do it, and then you say, well, I don't have adequate Until transit where I live. Until mass transit available in yeah. all areas this thing's dead in the water right although you know it's still technically on the table for metro vancouver it is to bring in a mobility pricing system right so. now it's very much a theor- theoretical argument yeah. not yeah. a real one star 9898 is the number on your cell phone mark and delta hi mark <clears throat> hi mike hi keith bit off topic for today but my paper vaccine passport uh i'm in the minority obviously because i don't have a cell phone 
when will I be issued a rigid plastic proper card, maybe tied in with the BC Services card? And very, very quick comment. You can't toll people uh, or bridges, really. Like, coming home to Delta, often I have to avoid Highway 1, come through downtown, which I can't stand. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much. Well, they can bri- they can toll the bridges if they want. I don't know if they've got the political jam to do it. Well, I think the 2017 election again has frightened politicians away from the idea of tolls. In terms yeah. of your vaccination card, you can you can phone and request a card to be mailed to you. You can turn that into a laminated card. Go to a hardware store. Uh, you can also put it on a I've seen people on a photocopier machine. Reduce it in terms of the size. Still keep the QR code there. Uh, but make it wallet size and then take it to a, a lamination place in a, in a hardware store. Yeah.